This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. You sound like Brian Tapp. What do you mean? Your voice. Me? Brian Tapp? Yeah. You can't hear it? I like Brian Tapp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Brian Tapp too. So how long has this been going on? What? Sounding like Brian Taff? Yeah. Since I first heard him. That's terrific. It's lush. It's clear. It's smooth. It's deep. That is so lit. Word up. <sighs> Action News, Brian Taff. The voice you know for news. Hey, doesn't he sound like Brian Taff? Brian Taff? I like Brian Taff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Brian Taff, too. From the Malamut and Associate Law Studios, Jacob Media Partners invites you to spend an hour of your day celebrating your faith. We acquire a fundamental right that can never be taken away from us. The right to hope. In collaboration with the Archdiocese of Philadelphia and the Catholic business leaders of the Delaware Valley, including LaSalle University, First Trust Bank. Enjoy Voices of Faith. Learn from your leaders. Be inspired by your neighbors and find the power of grace in your life when you need it most. The Spiritual Voices of Faith begins right now. So nice to come to everybody on a Saturday night. Welcome in everyone to Voices of Faith, our monthly edition, Jimmy Brown, of what has been just a tremendous experience for me to be a part of. We've made it into the month of of October, and we've got a great rest of the year uh, lined up. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. First, let me welcome you in. Got a great show here tonight. Well, uh, Joe... Um, Brian Taft is the is our featured speaker today, and boy, oh boy, what a home run he brought to the party! Isn't it interesting, Joe, that that Brian really highlights the the visit of our Pope in the city? And ironically, last month, completely unconnected, Eustace Mita did the same thing. Uh, Talk about your impression of that connection and the joy our community felt. Uh, It was really special for me to sit over on the outside patio of uh, 6ABC over in Balakinwood, spend some some time. We social distanced in terms of doing the interview, but really meaningful stuff. And I thought in terms of the Q&A with Brian, we learned a lot about Brian that the listener or the viewer might not know. I think when they listen to the show tonight, they'll get a great perspective. Well, Joe, you nailed it. I mean, what what I came away with, phenomenal um, phenomenal husband, phenomenal father, phenomenal uh, uh, citizen, let's say, and then um, last but certainly not least, phenomenal news person. Boy, oh boy, he's right down the middle of the line in terms of his craft and his professionalism. Brian Taft, our special guest here on Voices of Faith. And we're going to have, of course, Uncommon Coaching with Ashley Howard, Chapter 5 uh, this month. They've been uh, spectacular. And we'll lead you as we go into our first opening segment here, Jimmy Brown. We'll lead you into the inspirational message with Dan Selecki. Always a win. Voices of Faith continues now with an inspirational endorsement from Dan Selecki of Givnish Funeral Homes. Recently, I had the occasion to return to my high school. As I was driving up the entrance, I noticed a sign off to my left which read, Enter to Learn. I didn't think much about it because obviously you enter a school to learn and went on my way. After finishing my business at the school, I proceeded down the driveway to exit and noticed a second sign, Leave to Serve. Now you see, I've been on that campus hundreds if not thousands of times over the last 30 plus years and never took real notice of the signs entering and exiting. But this time, I began to recall the interview with Eustace Mita last month and reflected on his message encouraging us to learn, grow, and serve and not waste a second of the precious gift of life. All of a sudden, these signs began to have meaning. Enter to learn. We all have an opportunity to learn new things every day. We enter new spaces, encounter new people, and engage in unique experiences. Are we in a frame of mind to explore and be open to learning? Leave to serve. I've always thought I had noble intentions when I was in service to others, showing up, opining on topics relevant to the discussion, giving of my time. I now realize how many opportunities for growth I missed. I spoke. I listened to respond, not to understand. I put in my time and patted myself on the back for a job well done, never really making a transformative connection. So what can we discover here? We should never stop learning, enter each day with the mindset to learn and grow in our knowledge, 
personal and spiritual relationships. Explore new ideas, people, and spaces. Continuously look to tell your story and redefine your purpose through learning. When interacting with others, try to listen for understanding, not to respond. There are so many amazing people in this world. Take the opportunity to get to know them, thereby turning a chance encounter into a transformative connection. And furthermore, when given a chance to be in service, do not only give a part of yourself, strive to take a part of the group you are serving with you. If you can do this, you will be amazed at the power of service. By the way, the high school I was referring to is LaSalle College High School, whose mantra is enter to learn, leave to serve. And the school's mascot just happens to be an explorer, odd or God. Take the opportunity to learn something new each day and use your newfound knowledge for service to others. As our good friend and co-host Joe Krauss likes to say, if you find yourself to be the smartest person in the room, you are probably in the wrong room. As always, stay safe, my friends, and love boldly. Thanks for listening to the Catholic Business Leaders Radio Special, Voices of Faith, presented in part by Givnish Funeral Home and by First Trust Bank. Later in the show, we'll introduce you to our next Philly Proud community nonprofit. And as we come back to Voices of Faith here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, Jimmy's super excited for what is another great uh, monthly show that we do. We've got a great guest, as we talked about uh, in our opening segment here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. I'll let you do the introductions. Well, Joe, as, uh, as you say, we, we, I think we've hit another home run here. Mm-hmm. Um, we're um, sitting uh, right outside 6ABC on a beautiful um, afternoon, and we're talking with uh, Brian Taft. Brian from 6ABC, welcome. Thank you, my gosh. Can I, can I just start by paying you guys a compliment? Because uh, in preparation for this, I listened to some of the shows that you guys have put together. And this is such an opportunity to have a conversation that just isn't happening in a lot of places. And as you know, a lot of guys aren't willing to talk about this, go down this road. Um, And so I just congratulate you guys on on creating this forum and the success you've had so far. And I'm just humbled to take part today. Why, thank you. It's fascinating. Uh, uh, Joe and I have been working on this project for a number of months. And the Archbishop Archbishop Perez, I don't know if you've spent any time with him yet. Is, Not yet. Yeah. Uh, rock star. Yeah. Uh, you know, the beauty of your work is that you get to meet lots of individuals that sit in, let's say, high seats. And, Joe, one of the things that we've talked about often is um, the Archbishop's humility. And um, I have to tell you, I think it just distinguishes him. So I look forward to uh, to hearing from you once you guys cross paths. He knew who you were. We, we, we had talked earlier about that. Um, uh, Brian, uh, if you wouldn't mind uh, jumping in with our audience here and just sharing with them um, a little bit about your history and maybe where your faith came from. Um, so my personal history um, absolutely coincides with my faith history, I was blessed to grow up in a family where uh, faith was, I don't want to say they're at the forefront of, of our life, that would be dishonest, but it was always present. Um, my parents were active members in our church. Um, for us, Sunday morning was, you go to mass, no matter what you've done the night before. Uh, and so it just became a part of who I was. And I was also blessed to have grown up in a house that valued uh, education, and in particular, Catholic education. And so uh, my mother taught at a Catholic elementary school, first grade. And I went to that Catholic elementary school from pre-K all the way through eighth grade. And then I, went, I had a Jesuit college education at Boston College. And so it, faith for me was always just a part of my life. And I think, you know, a lot of people can go a lot of different ways with that. And it can become white noise or it can become part of who you are. Um, but it really became fundamental to, to who I am. Uh, through my relationships with priests that, that were so significant in our lives, really men of, of action and integrity, and people that I, that I modeled my, my life after in a lot of ways. And so 
I was so fortunate to have great teachers, great parents, and great role models, all of whom were rooted in this. And so it just was part of who I was, and so therefore part of who I am. It's amazing. Uh, you know, in doing some preparation work, um, I did note that uh, you've had some pretty electric moments, I'll say, in your career. Um, covering the new pope in the election, when that, all that transpired, can you give our audience a little insight as to uh, how that unfolded and what it, what it felt like to be the guy in the, in the seat as you were? <laughs> Jimmy, I, a lot of times when I meet people for the first time, they ask me, what was the coolest interview you've ever done or the coolest story you've ever covered? I've done awesome things. I mean, I've flown with the Thunderbirds and I, I've traveled around the world, but I, I will always say no matter what else happens in my career, that those days in Philadelphia with the Pope being here and the years leading up to it where I got to travel to Rome for Channel 6 several times um, was so meaningful and so penetrating to me as a journalist, to me as a person of faith, uh, and, I think, and I think to the city back here. It was something we could all rally around. And it was electric. And it was really something. And, uh, you know, we got to travel. I think I went to Rome three times in two years and met tremendous people along that path. That's how I came into contact with some friends that we have in common, Dan Hilford Ian and Eustace Mita. And, um, and I got to meet, meet these tremendous uh, uh, icons uh, in the city of Philadelphia. And so and, and in the course of one of those trips, we were part of the Philadelphia delegation. Recall that the, the World Meeting of Families was first put into motion by Pope Benedict. And so when Pope Francis was elected, there was no certainty as to whether or not that was going to take place in Philadelphia. So there was a real, um, I guess you'd call it a grassroots lobbying effort to make sure that, that he kept it. And so we got to travel there, and on one of those trips... Uh, they brought the Philadelphia delegation and the media that was covering them up to the front of the uh, of, of St. Peter's Square. And we had no indication that this was going to happen. But all of a sudden, Pope Francis walked down from the altar and walked right to our group. And we got to stand within inches of this man. Wow. And he shook our hands and went right down the aisle. And it was that moment we knew that he had conveyed to us, I'm keeping the promise. Brian Taff, our special guest here on Voices of Faith, as we come to you on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Brian, I want to ask you about your Jesuit faith, uh, the man for others uh, mantra um, is something that our family lives every moment of every day. Yeah. Your thoughts about it? You know, it's, a, it's an interesting question that hits me in a particular way, because I, I, I talked about growing up in this Catholic household. And we had these priests in our church, St. Thomas the Apostle, um, who became, I guess I'd call them giants in the background of my life, the exceptional men. And my parents had made it something of a tradition that at some point, each of the kids, I'm the youngest of four, would work in the rectory. And so when it was my turn as, as the youngest, uh, during my later high school years, um, once a week, I would go to the rectory at dinner time, and I would help one of their assistants cook dinner. And then I, I would sit around the table with them as they just sort of picked my brain about what it's like to be a kid and form this great relationship and, and, and bond with them. And I watched them live those words, a man for others, as their time was really always a gift to everybody else. And it was in that relationship that I began to ask myself, is that a road that you should go down in the priesthood? It's not something I talk about a lot, certainly not in the business I'm in now. But it was something that for, for many years I gave very serious thought to. And you feel this word, this vocation. Um, and I felt that pull very hard. But I'll never forget at Boston College, you talked about the Jesuit education sitting in a, I guess, a silent prayer circle one night and thinking hard about that question. And uh, the priest who was leading it had put on some soft music for us to reflect on, and it was Billy Joel. And in, even in the silence of my thoughts, the lyrics that pierced my 
my mentality that night that, that pierced through <laughs> the Billy Joel song that says, I know you haven't made your mind up yet, but I would never do you wrong. And I felt this tremendous liberation through those words, and I knew that they hit me for a reason. Whatever you decide, I'm there with you. And so sort of the, the pressure, the weight of that decision, um, I felt free from it. And I went down a different road, <laughs> and as we now know, doing this. But I, but I feel in many ways, Joe, that what, what I do here, or at least the spirit that I bring to it, is that Jesuit mentality, you know, a man for others. It's funny, Brian, when we spoke with Eustace not too long ago in his particular um, moment, conversation, let's say, he talked about the Christian brothers having that same impact on him at Archbishop Carroll. It's stunning to me. One of the things I love about our faith is the, 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 the variety that's presented to us. Mm -hmm. Think about, you know, I'll, I'll speak for myself. There were many nuns in my, um, in my background that had a terrific impact on me. And much like you, um, you know, the, the, our, our Catholic faith was, you know, part of our day-to-day -day existence, as Joe just said, you know, in reference to his his gang and and um, and the influence of the Jesuits. Um, there's so much to cover. Um, you know, it's it, it's kind of interesting that you referenced that trip to Rome. You know, I I, I saw you do a one-on-one -on -one with Mayor Nutter, and wow, that was pretty powerful um, for a lot of reasons. But you know, he's a St. Joe's prep grad and um, uh, and a faith-filled man. Um, you know. Tell us a little bit about that interview and what you extracted from that and maybe his connection with his faith and his gentleness in reference to some of the roller coaster rides we're experiencing. You know, it's funny because as a journalist, you have a lot of uh, strange and sometimes tense interactions with the politicians you cover. I think sometimes uh, many of them come to that discussion with the thought that you are... Uh, on the other side. You're an adversary. Yeah, an adversary. Yeah. And that's it, but, but what was wonderful about that trip and that conversation in particular was that all that was shed. He was there as the mayor of Philadelphia, and he was there as someone who wanted to bring the Pope to Philadelphia because all the wonderful things that it would mean for the city. But he was also there as a prep guy. <laughs> he was also there as a Catholic. And you could see, um, you could see that. You know, it just it sort of emanated off of him. And there was a lightness about him that week that struck, I think, all of us that, that covered him uh, throughout the course of the week. And, and, and so it was just a human moment, you know? Yeah, it was, it was certainly a highlight for our city and our community. Um, I, I don't think anyone will ever forget, um, will ever forget the, the impact that that visit had. And it's so funny because when you think about yourself and Eustace and Dan Hilferty and, and Mayor Nutter, you know, making that... Um, making that trip to assure our community that we were going to be part of the program, let's say, because I've heard stories before that, you know, um, Pope Benedict made an arrangement and, you know, a new Pope is named, oh right. my gosh, what, what happens? Um, can, I, can I talk to you about one thing about that, that experience? You, know, you asked me what, what about it that resonated with me. It wasn't simply the, the interviews and the covering. It was, it was the culmination. And I remember sitting on the Ben Franklin Parkway that morning that the Mass was going to happen, and before the Mass took place, the Pope Mobile made its way right past Channel 6 here because he was staying up here at the uh, seminary. Stopped at St. Joe's Stopped, University. Yeah, right, exactly. But then, so it, it arrives downtown. My, my broadcast perch is on the Ben Franklin Parkway. And the extraordinary moment, the thing that will live with me forever, is watching the Pope Mobile go by, a throng of people in a crowd, none of whom know each other. And our camera zoomed in, and I watched a mother in the back of that group literally hand her baby up front, over the top of the crowd, to a stranger in the front, so the Pope could bless this child. And that act of trust and faith and love that happened in that moment was so powerful that I remember saying on the air, I remember saying, this is a gift that we in the city of Philadelphia have to spend a long time unpacking. And I was just so struck by the power in that moment. And we should say, the Pope did reach out and bless that child. Wow. Portions of today's Catholic Business Leaders radio special, Voices of Faith, are proudly being presented by the Catholic Foundation. Michael Cleary of TAC Benefits, 
Linda Rosanio of Think Traffic, Mike Troy of KTB Benefits, and our dear friend, Angelo Valletta. The Catholic Foundation of Greater Philadelphia is your go-to resource for Catholic philanthropy, an independent nonprofit working to grow philanthropy according to the teachings of Jesus Christ. Their foundation is grounded in the principles of faith and service. CFGP meets the diverse needs of donors and Catholic institutions alike by providing a full range of expert fund management, fundraising, and development services that help secure bright futures for the Catholic ministries you care about. Steward your philanthropy philanthropy as you intend, or raise the funds needed to help your ministry grow and thrive. Both services work together to secure a future for faith, and that future starts with you. The Catholic Foundation of Greater Philadelphia will help you fulfill your charitable purpose, because at the heart of charity is love. Learn more about how the Catholic Foundation of Greater Philadelphia can guide you. Visit thecfgp.org or call 215-587-5650. There's never been a bigger need for Philly Food Rescue. Their mission is to eliminate hunger in our community through a technology-based volunteer network. They rescue surplus food from partners like grocery stores and restaurants and deliver it to people in need. The Philly Food Rescue app makes it easy for everyday food rescue heroes to pick up food and deliver it to nonprofits, schools, and more. Each month, thousands of pounds of unused food are rescued and given to the hungry. Learn more at phillyfoodrescue.org. Voices of Faith celebrate a real bright spot in our archdiocese, Mother of Mercy House in Kensington. Inspired by Pope Francis's call to take the church to the frontiers and to move beyond our comfort zones, the ministry began with a simple desire to be the presence of Christ and His Church. Many families they serve live in deep poverty. The homeless and addicted are at their doorstep. Father Liam Murphy and team work daily to meet people where they are in their lives. They feed the hungry, talk and pray with those who seek comfort, and celebrate Mass as a community. They share the love and mercy of God with all. In 2021, Mercy Children's Academy, a highly specialized family-centric pre-K program, will launch to serve the most vulnerable children in their neighborhood. They welcome your prayers and support in this effort. In a world full of noise, one beautiful thing remains constant, God's love. It's powerful and lives at Mother of Mercy House. To learn more, volunteer, or make a donation, please visit them online at motherofmercyhouse.org. That's motherofmercyhouse.org. And the newsroom with your Action News update here as we look forward to what's going to be a very hot couple of days. Uh, could actually be a heat wave. Could be three days in a row, two days near record warmth. But if you don't like the heat, yeah. the weekend will be much cooler. Okay, but still comfortable, we hope. What? The still heat? comfortable, right? The weekend. Oh, the weekend. Okay. Yeah, comfortably good, good, cool. Okay. Comfortably right. cool. And back here on Voices of Faith as we come to you on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Brian Taff from 6ABC is our special guest. Brian, for uh, I want to ask you about all of the listeners who are tuning into the program and all of the listeners from around the Delaware Valley who watch you on 6ABC. Uh, they don't know you. But they know you, or they think they do. <laughs> yeah. Your thoughts about that? It's a funny thing. Um, when, I, when I first arrived at Channel 6, I had some friends at other stations uh, in town. And they said to me, with no shortage of humility on their own part, they said, Brian, within six months, more people will know who you are than can tell you who I am. And they had been there for several years. That's the connection that, that Channel 6 has. I never fully appreciated it until it, it got to the point where I would walk down the street and people would say my name or know my child's name. And it's, a, it's such a powerful thing. I always say Philadelphia is one of those places where at first people greet you with skepticism. Like, is this guy, who, you know, whose job are you here to take? Uh, is, your, is your voice real? Like, what, do, you know, are you, are you a human? And then after the initial skepticism, it, they, they wrap you in a bear hug and they never let go. And it's so that's such a thrill for me that, that now in this, in this era of social media where we share other layers of our lives, I feel totally comfortable talking about you know, the joys that my children bring and my wife. And even sitting here with you guys and opening up about this part of my life that I never get to talk about. So it's, it's, it's affirming, it's comforting, and I'm grateful for it. Brian, not too long ago, uh, 
we uh, we we honored uh, an awful date in our American history, 9/11. Yeah. Would you mind sharing with our listening audience a little bit of how that impacted you and your Boston College roommate, who uh, was uh, unfortunate enough to be in the wrong place at the wrong time? Yeah, Jimmy, I um, I graduated Boston College in 2001. I took my first um, on-air job at a little tiny television station in Bangor, Maine, and I had just moved up there with, you know, visions of grandeur for what this career was going to be. Uh, But the reality that I was living in a one-bedroom apartment in Bangor, Maine, making $17,000 a year. Um, And I'll never forget that morning, because I was scheduled to work that night. And I wake up, and like everyone else in the world, I turn on the television. And was instantly gripped by what happened. And I wasn't, it wasn't in me yet. You know, the journalist wasn't formed in me yet, so I was paralyzed. What do you do? I didn't yet have that sort of instinct that drives you to run out the door and go to work. But as soon as I got my senses about me, we did. And it was the, you know, far and away, the most formative event of my life, as it was for so many people in my generation, who were just starting out as adults. But I think back, you know, um, my friend Joe, Joe Viscayano, he... uh, just one of those guys who you knew by looking at and talking to was going to take the world by storm. Mm. A finance guy took a job literally atop the World Trade Center in the top uh, two stories uh, and, and became one of the victims of, of that horrifying day. So, you know, oh, look, I, um, so that day has a human face for me uh, in a lot of ways, you know, as someone who, whose whole professional career from that point forward was shaped by that moment and who's, you know, Life in some ways was affected by the humanity of my friend that was, you know, snuffed out. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a, it's a, it, it's a terrible memory for many of us. Uh, put a lot of us on our knees that day. Um, let me transfer to something a little more fun and maybe lighthearted. I love quotes. My favorite Mark Twain quote is, you know, uh, there's two important days in our lives: the day we're born and the day we figure out why. <laughs> you spoke in our last segment a little bit about that. Can you talk about fatherhood and maybe the impact that that's had on you? Um, you know, as guys, I, I don't think we spend much of our childhood reflecting on our future parenthood. Uh, we don't. You know, it's not in our, in our DNA or, or even culturally. You know, we're, we're driven to what are you going to do for a living? What are you going to make of, of your life? And so, I, I, you know, I focused, of course, like so many on that. Um, but the, the moment that I became a dad... My whole purpose changed, like in so many ways. Um, and I, and I've, I've often said to my wife, you know, it's funny because when you go out to dinner, you get the rare date night with your wife. Now that we have three children, you still talk about the kids the whole time. But I remember sitting there with my wife on, on more than one of those occasions and saying, I, I never thought it could be this good. The, 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 the meaning that those kids bring to me every day, you know, the way they greet me at the door, it's... Um, it's the greatest gift I've ever had. Yeah. And it recalibrates your priorities, right? And so all this drive that I had for my career at one point, I'm still driven, don't get me wrong, but now I'm driven towards a thing of meaning. And I do this to, to supplement that, you know? And it's fascinating, though, because, you know, in, in doing my research and getting to know you a little bit, um, I think you bring a certain spirit to the work, uh, a certain tone of voice, and it's it's really refreshing. Um, I love it. Um, oh, thanks, Jim. It's interesting. As we prep for this, uh, Joe and I, you and I exchanged some emails and calls back and forth. I mentioned to you that, um, you know, I had happened to come across, uh, I read Reflection every morning, mm-hmm. Tony Dungy, and, 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 and the, uh, the quote is, uh, you know, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. In conjunction with what you just spoke of in terms of um, fatherhood, can you reflect a little bit about your dad and your mom as parents and what becoming a parent has, especially inside this Catholic faith? What has been revealed to you? Well, <laughs> I think the first thing is that you never, you never know how much your parents love you until you have a child of your own and cannot explain to that child how much you love them. I say to them every night before bed, I say, I hope you know. I say, how much does dad love you? And by the, they always say, 
to the end to the end of the earth. And I said, no, to the end of the universe. And they say, Dad, the universe doesn't have end. And I say, exactly, that's it. I love you without end. And, and I know that my parents do too. I'm, I'm so blessed that both of my parents are still of wonderful health and mind and body and, um, and, and, are, and loving their life and, um, and living their life. And just were tremendous role models. My dad was a, is a guy uh, of, of just loyalty without limit. I told him that one time on the occasion of their uh, 50th wedding anniversary. Uh, and my mom, just selfless, selfless as can be, would give you literally the shirt off her back. And I know that's a cliche thing to say, but would do it, you know. And that was what I grew up with. And I guess, you know, you don't fully appreciate that until you become a parent yourself and realize how hard that is. It's yeah. hard. And I think, at least for me, and Joe, I don't know how you feel about this, the role of parent gives me a different perspective on friendship. Yeah. And folks that I meet through the course of my life, um, this afternoon at, uh, at four o'clock, I'm going to connect with a, a group of LaSalle University seniors, and we're going to talk about, um, you know, their next step as they graduate. Yeah. And that mentoring role in conjunction with being a dad and just the perspective that it brings, it's incredibly rich. Um Mentors in your life. Is yeah. there any one or two or three? I know at the, the rectory, you, you kind of uh, were part of the, the table that yeah. had conversation uh, that educated those priests, let's say. But uh, mentorship and, and who might have influenced you? Uh, well, one of those guys was named Father Jim Walsh. Modeled just to, uh, uh, modeled the spirit of what it is to be a man. You know, uh, really a man for others, as you pointed out before. Uh, was one of, one of those guys who... I think was engaged to be married a couple of times and was an engineer and a guy's guy and a hunter on the weekends, but decided, hey, there's something else for me and pursued it. And, and I, so obviously he's a mentor, uh, whether he knows it or not. I think I've shared it with him a couple of times. Eustace Mita is a mentor to me. Uh, and I'm great to have that relationship with him. Um, but also my friends, my peers. And I think, you know, you talk about fatherhood, parenthood. I, I just want to say the community of, of friendship that arises from that gives me meaning and reassurance when I need it most. And it should be said that we're, we're uh, three guys sitting around a table talking about our faith. And, 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 the, and the, the listener might walk away from this thinking those guys have it all together. And I don't want to give that impression because this is a struggle every day. Faith is a challenge by design. It's not easy. Um, and even your relationship with the church ebbs and flows and it in, is only strengthened in those challenges and in the way that it, it, it asks certain things of you and demands certain things of you. And so, you know, I don't want to give you the impression that parenthood or faith is easy. It's not. It's... A we glorious all, yeah, battle. Striving glorious, to be better. Yeah, right. Yeah. Brian Taft is our special guest here on uh, Voices of Faith. Certainly nobody will uh, understand a two-minute and 30-second rap cue <laughs> uh, better than uh, Brian Taft. But, Brian, I'd love for you to take 60 seconds of that two and a half minutes um, and predict how you would change the world if given the opportunity. Oh, my gosh. How do you begin to answer that? You know, look, here's the thing. When I sit every day on that anchor desk, I get to see both the worst of humanity and the best. Sadly, you know, the nature of news is most days I'm telling you things that should not have happened that day. That's what news is, right? I tell you something shouldn't have happened today so that presumably we can all work better and not do it again tomorrow. Um, but we're, we're at a time in our lives and of our culture where we're very divided and we're very um, at each other's throats. And so, I, 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 look, I cannot begin to answer that question except to say that if we could all approach each other and our various pursuits and our various conversations with more humility than we have right now, that would be a good start. And so, you know, I just think fundamentally the world needs to be more humble and people, and people need to, you know, greet greet their conversations in that spirit. And so all I can do is try to do my part uh, and ask my family and teach them the same thing. So 
that, that's maybe how I'll start that question. Well done, well yeah. said. A minute 30, by the way. Jimmy, you have 60 seconds to bring everything to a close. Well, it's funny, uh, Joe. When we started, you and I started this adventure with uh, Greg Webster and Timmy Abel and, you know, Eustace Meet and the like, uh, Bob Kane. We talked about uh, dedicating ourselves to do our best to be our best every day. One of the other things I love about our Catholic faith is the concept of confession. And, Brian, I really appreciate the fact that you know, you, you noted, uh, hey, we're not sitting here having our conversation as if uh, everything's perfect and, and we have it all figured out because we don't. And um, I just want to thank you for making the time for us today. I, I think the impact that you're having on people with the work that you do day to day is significant. And I'm thrilled to death that you were able to spend a little time with us today. Well, thank you. Pleasure has been all mine. Brian Taft from 6ABC here on Voices of Faith with Jimmy Brown. I'm Joe Krause on the other side of the commercial break. Our first trust, community, nonprofit spotlight. Back in a moment. Voices of Faith is brought to you in part by Mike Troy at KTB and his alma mater, Devin Prep. Devon Prep is a private Catholic college prep school for boys grades 6 through 12, focused on small class sizes, individual attention, and giving students opportunities they can't find anywhere else. Is your son's school starting part-time this fall? Is he outpacing his peers and not being pushed? Does his current school environment not allow him to be himself? If you want your son to be the best version of himself and find his right path, it all starts at their middle school. Get more than you pay for. Find out more and apply now at devonprep.com. Uncommon Coaching with LaSalle basketball head coach, Ashley Howard. Hello, this is Ashley Howard, and thank you for joining me for Chapter 5 of Uncommon Coaching. We are blessed to bless others is the topic for today. Allow me to start with a reading from 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 17 through 19. Those who are rich in this world should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for their future so that they may experience true life. We are blessed to bless others. There's no one who's been more blessed in this world than me. I've been blessed with the opportunity to do what I love in a city that I love, around the people that I love. That responsibility I don't take lightly. I know that I have a responsibility every day to share my experiences, to share the wisdom that was shared with me. Our blessings come in all different ways. A lot of times it comes financially, other times it comes through information, knowledge, opportunity. For us to have these blessings, and we all have them, and to not be willing to share with others is one of the biggest sins that any of us can commit. As a coach, I'm often reminded that I was not perfect when I was a young person. And a lot of the experiences that I share with my team come based off of not wanting them to make the same mistakes that I did. I share these lessons with my young people so that they can now be better. Better men, better students, better players, and then hopefully as they become older, better fathers, better role models, better men in our community. Everything that we have is a blessing. Share our blessing with others. The older players in our team, they're blessed with having the experience of understanding our system, understanding our culture. It's their responsibility to share that information with the freshmen as they come into our program. Our student athletes are blessed beyond measure. Free education, opportunity to play the sport that they love, opportunity to gain attention and notoriety. For most of our children that come from the inner city community, I remind them all the time that it's their obligation to go back to their community and share their experience, share these blessings with people, inspire people to want to have the opportunity to better themselves and help our own community so that we can all be better. In this time, the opportunity is now for us to use our blessings to bless others. I would like to personally thank all of the people who have made a huge impact on my life, that have shared their experience, shared their wealth and knowledge, and who have blessed me. 
And I only ask that I carry that forward and bless others just as I have been blessed. Thank you so much for this opportunity to share with you today. And remember, we are all blessed so that we can bless others. God bless you all. These are not typical or standard times, and the TAC Benefits Organization is not your typical or standard business firm. The company is owned and operated by Michael Cleary, and Michael and his team are not your standard check-the-box, put-in-your-time-and-go-home kind of people. Here's the thing. A different approach creates better outcomes for TAC clients. Dedication, knowledge, integrity, teamwork, community, creativity. It all matters to the folks at TAC. And as we face some incredible challenges in our world today, TAC has decided to do something incredibly different and positive in our community. They've created the TAC Hometown Heroes Program for recognition of people doing little things to make a big difference. TAC Benefits Group would like to congratulate Tim Turner and One Kind Act a Month, October's Hometown Hero Award winner. One Kind Act a Month raises awareness of homelessness and inspires people to be helpful in their communities. One Kind Act makes positive change in the community by offering food, clothes, housing, and jobs to the needy and the homeless. You can commit One Kind Act a Month by going to their website and learn how you can help. And a special thanks again to Brian Taft from 6ABC. What a great uh, experience it was for me and uh, also for Jimmy Brown. Also a great experience for Jimmy Brown. Every month here on Voices to Faith, Jimmy Brown goes one-on-one -on -one with the Archbishop. Archbishop, it's so great to be here again. Uh, it's, uh, it's amazing what, um, what we've accomplished in a short period of time. Uh, the feedback I'm getting is just so right. It's It's... It's uh, remarkable. Anyway, uh, doing something different with you um, this afternoon. In preparation, I um, for the show, um, I read a um, I read a Bible verse. Uh, I do that every morning. Uh, Tony Dungy uh, publishes something that I read, and the Bible verse really spoke to, I think, what we're accomplishing here together. And and the verse uh, reads, uh, "You will be my witnesses, telling people everywhere about me." And after Jesus said uh, said that, he was taken up uh, into the clouds. Mm -hmm. Can you give the audience like a little um, um, reflection where that sits in your heart? Well, I think it speaks for itself, right? You will be my witnesses, you know, telling people about me everywhere. Uh, that is what these guys did. Uh, and, you know, it, it, it comes from that description of, uh, of Jesus be ascending into the heavens and and in a sense, I think in this passage is like, why are you staring up at the clouds? Right? Why are you staring? Like, fine. Now you have to get back to earth. Yeah, yeah. In other words, right? Because there's, there's now a, a mission, right? And, and if the mission didn't happen, we wouldn't be doing this radio program. It's no. as simple as that. From that moment on that mount where the place where Jesus ascended where his, uh, his last words to them, his, Jesus' last words on the planet was not sit down for a while. It was actually go. Yeah. Take and, it. It, and it's a word that gets repeated over and over again. Like we, it just, the fact is that we've become too accustomed to it. But the last words at, at the celebration of the Eucharist, at Sunday Mass, at every Mass, is actually Go. Right. It's, right. it's the same word. And, and, the, and the sense of the church is that that which we have just celebrated here, now go celebrate out there. That, In a sense, as a priest, I would say, listen, I've done my job. Now you do yours. Amen. And you know, it's interesting. I think it's been a recurring theme that, that you've been trying to share with us in the audience in that, you know, all this doesn't fall on the local priest or the bishop or the archbishop. It's like, we need to take action in that regard. And it's clearly a message that's resonating. Yeah, I often say, well, what are you going to do about this? Or what are you going to do about that? And my response to that is, listen, if you're, if, if you're just waiting for me, good luck. <laughs> because the reality, this is a big endeavor, and it's not really about me, it's about us, right? Well, it's interesting, you know, the, the whole concept of all of us playing a role, you know, and, and again, I was reflecting over the weekend uh, in reference to some of the messages. And, and I think what I'm hearing 
in my conversations with you are, you know, pay attention as an individual, uh, take some positive action, and I think it all falls under the umbrella of trust and hope. Well, it is. It's trust and hope that we do our part and God does his, right? Yeah, exactly. And we can't do God's part, obviously, but God doesn't choose to do our part either. He can if he wanted to. He's God, but he chooses not to do that because we're part of him and he's part of us. And, and so we're part of the deal. Yes. We're part, and, and that's been Christianity, right? Christianity has been really, at the end of the day, a community on mission all the time. Yeah, mission that, that the, Holy, uh, the different Holy Fathers from, uh, from Paul VI on and, and have, have placed lots of emphasis on that, right? Uh, yeah. Each one in their own way, uh, really calling the, the church once again to be a missionary church. Right. An evangelizing right. church. Which is phenomenal. Listen, um, the, the show will be delayed in terms of our, our broadcast, but back to school, I'm seeing all the energy that, that, that your organization puts together to serve our, serve our community. You know? Well, yeah, I was present actually at the opening day of West Catholic, and what, what I said to those kids there that day is, the passion you see and the care that you see is an expression of God's love for you. Wow. How does God show his love for you? It says you're seeing it, you're walking by it. You know, it's the dedication, the passion, the hard work, the uh, staying up at night to make sure that all these students could come back uh, physically as, as, as much as the circumstances permit. Uh, there's been a lot of love there. It's really, at the end, it's, it's, it's a lot of love. It's fascinating because, you know, and you said this early on in first or second uh, conversation we had, the whole concept of finding our purpose in life, right? Mm -hmm. And wow, what a blessing that is. And for you to tell those students uh, at West Catholic, you know, it's about that love. It's, right. it's, it's alive and well. Absolutely. Know? Despite and the teachers and administrators and, and staff people, man, they work really hard. And that's just one place, right? We have 17 of these high schools. And then there's a bunch of other independent Catholic schools that have done the same thing. You know, there's a lot of love going around there. Yeah, it's it's fascinating, and I would suspect that no one's taking those leadership roles um, uh, because the income's robust. You know, I'm going to make. Oh, they're not becoming rich. No, <laughs> I, yes, I understand that. Um, it, as we end here um, um, uh, this afternoon, anything you want to share with uh, with the uh, with listening audience? Yeah, this is an interesting time. It's been since since uh, since this COVID thing started. Um, but to continue to reflect that underneath it all, what is God trying to teach us? Because there's a message in it all. I don't exactly know what it is yet, uh, but what is it? And it might be different for, for, for each. Yeah, yeah right. and there might be some global things as well. Yeah, exactly. Right? It has brought families together more because they had, they had to like be together yeah, all and of a sudden. And so what, what exactly uh, can we learn from this? Because this time will pass eventually, right? But what will it leave us? What, what can we learn? Amen. Oh, Jimmy Brown, I love the one-on-one -on -one segment that we're doing every month with Archbishop Perez. Great job by you. Oh, I thank you, Joe. It's stunning to me that, you know, it, it appears, and probably not the truth, but it appears that the Archbishop just has a, a natural gift for this work. I'm sure he's prepping in some fashion, but it isn't, isn't it interesting how he always has the capacity to tie the, the concept of trust and hope. This is a message of his throughout his entire uh, walk, and it's really powerful at this significant time. Really, really good stuff. I want to transition now into our First Trust Bank Philly Proud nonprofit spotlight. We always end Voices of Faith with a great segment tonight, no different. Oh, my gosh. Joe, again, serendipitous uh, uh, that, that um, First Trust Bank, who is the driver of this concept, always interested in kind of promoting that, that, that underdog, the... Um, What's the word? The the nonprofit that needs a little pat on the back, and uh, ironic that um, they have just joined forces with the Philadelphia Eagles to really put that concept on steroids. Yeah, I saw a great uh, special uh, last weekend. I think it was all about the Eagles Autism Challenge. First Trust Bank uh, doing some great work, and now here on Voices of Faith. <laughs> 
Hello, I'm Ted Qualley and I'm the Executive Director of the Police Athletic League of Philadelphia and I'm here today to ask for your support. Each May, we honor those people who help make the work of Cops Helping Kids possible and we recognize the men and women of the Philadelphia Police Department and particularly the PAL Police Unit. And our hope is that you can lend a hand. There's a couple of things that you can do. Please consider becoming a sponsor, making a donation, or simply just sharing this message. Anything you can do to support PAL is appreciated. Every dollar is meaningful. Every share and every post is helpful. We appreciate everything you do to ensure that the mission of PAL continues. That's going to bring to close this month's edition of Voices of Faith. Special thanks again uh, to Brian Taft. Jimmy, before we get out of here, I want to talk about our event coming up uh, for next month's show. Wow, is it going to be spectacular? Well, it sure will be. We're going to be uh, we're going to be uh, at the Pyramid Club in uh, in downtown Philadelphia to celebrate the success that we've already enjoyed. And um, some of the team members have just stepped up in huge ways. Angelo um, is. Oh my gosh! Generous beyond belief, setting us up in that in that venue. Uh, we're going to have a special co-host that particular day, Pat Chiracchia, recognized. Not a co-host. She's sitting in the big chair, Jimmy. I'm stepping aside, and that's one person I'll step aside for. So she'll be there as well. Amen. It's a, it's going to be one one heck of an opportunity to just exchange ideas and share with our listening audience uh, all the good stuff happening behind the curtain and of course Archbishop Perez will be with us and as you mentioned Angelo Angelo is Angelo Valletta who's going to help us get everything off um, off the hook at the uh, Pyramid Club and we'll be right back here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT that's going to do it for this edition of Voices of Faith on Talk Radio 1210 special thanks again to Brian Taft from 6ABC on behalf of my partner Jimmy Brown on behalf of Archbishop Archbishop Nelson Perez. I'm Joe Krause. Keep the faith, believe in hope, and love one another. See you next time, everybody. Voices of Faith is produced in collaboration with the Catholic business leaders of the Delaware Valley and the Archbishop of Philadelphia. And a special thank you to the Philadelphia Boys Choir, a Jacob Media, J.P. Brown Communications production. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded.